RadioNext.tv, Cool Group Radio. How are you out there? It is that time again, Wednesday morning, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Comenius Institute brings to you Warping Wolf Radio, Dr. Mark Echo, Harold H.B. Bell. Each week, combining wisdom and knowledge over this internet radio platform. Dr. Mark, how are you today, my brother? Doing really good, man. We had a great board meeting last night, Great board meeting, and uh, you just stay tuned, audience. The Comenius Institute in 2017 is going to be coming strong, um, bringing you some new ideas and platforms as we help these young people understand how to gain and and secure themselves in the world of wisdom and knowledge. And uh, today we have a great, great show. Uh, Reverend M.A. Gill will be in the House, Indiana Civil Rights uh, uh, Conference, Leadership Conference uh, President will be in the House, and we're going to be talking about the great MLK Day celebration coming up, and my brother here and I will be <laughs> co-hosting on Monday from St. John's Missionary Baptist Church. Dr. Mark, give a us a line real quick, and then we're going to play our music and come back and get the people involved in uh, the MLK Day celebration. You bet. So, Comenius. Uh, we're interested in understanding all things under the Lordship of Christ. Colossians 1.17, by Him all things consist or are held together. And our viewpoint from Cominius is to make a bridge between high school and college for students so they understand what's going on in the world around them from a Christian vantage point. And we're glad to be able to do that at the campus of IUPUI as well as many other communities around ah, Indianapolis. That's the new word for 2017, <laughs> community, as we continue to spread this great word. We will be right back. You're listening to Warping with Radio on the Cool Groove site at radionext.com. RadioNext.tv, you are listening to Warp and Wolf Radio, Dr. Mark Echo, Harold H.B. Bell, every Wednesday, bringing you the most exclusive <laughs> <laughs> topic-specific information about how we can take these young minds and convert them into understanding a different way of life, a sound and, and you know, uh, the route to uh, prosperity, as mm. I like to call it. Mm. Dr. Mark. Yes, sir. How you feeling, man? I'm doing really well, really well. Had Like we talked about earlier, we had a great board meeting last night. Uh, glad to have you on board, on the board, HB. We had a great discussion about uh, what the future looks like and how things are going. Uh, give one shout-out to the uh, specific needs that we have even for this show. It would be lovely if somebody would come alongside us and uh, take care of uh, either part or the whole uh, even of what it costs a year to be on radio. So the total cost uh, for a year would be something we could talk about. If you're interested in something like that, shout out to me on social media or uh, shoot me an email at echel, that's E-C-K-E-L 1957 at gmail, and we can talk. You know, and it's been interesting, Mark, uh, before we get into the topic of the day, because uh, uh, it's all relative. Dr. Martin Luther King, his uh, nonviolent approach to uh, uh, and, and I like to say nonviolent without saying uh, it, he was a fierce warrior. Yes, he was. Uh, but he just used a tool and a method of, of trying to bring civil communication to the table instead of brute force. And sometimes, you know, you need both. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King just adhered to um, let's let's try to sit down and discover what the differences are so we can fix it. But uh, just this week alone, we've been hearing so much about what is wrong with our youth? What is wrong with our youth? And, I, and this show is centered around Proverbs, and all I could think is Proverbs 1, 7. Mm-hmm. Very early in the book of Proverbs, you know, uh, the fear of the Lord is the first uh, right. step towards wisdom and knowledge. And 
you know, too many times we have young people out here without any fear mm -hmm. of the Lord at all. So uh, what you're doing at Comenius, um, we need to take serious because there has to be a program that's going to introduce our young people to uh, God, the Heavenly Father, and introduce them to Jesus and the principles of, and introduce them to Proverbs, how how you should just respect fellow man, how you should live your life, pretty much the rule book on you, you That's want, where it comes wanna, from. You want to stay alive and you want to do good, then, you know, you need to adhere to these principles. So uh, with that being said, we've got a great show today. As we mentioned, uh, Reverend M.A. King will be in today. Uh, I mean, Reverend M.A. Gill, listen to me talking about Dr. <laughs> King. Uh, but Reverend Gill is a, uh, a warrior uh, uh, of a Christian lady, uh, pastor in her own right, but also a great curator, uh, curator of uh, information about our history. So she'll be in talking about that. Um, but with that being said, why is it important to remember history and the legacy uh, that someone leaves behind, first of all, Mark? Sure. I think of, of this uh, in two separate ways. I'll deal with the history, and then I'll talk about the legacy. Um, I have a real problem when we study history. I think we all do. And it's a twin problem that we have about history. First, I would say it's very hard to assess our own time because we're too close to it. Second, I think it's hard to assess somebody else's time because we're too far away from it. So it's difficult to assess our own because we're too close, too hard to assess something in the past because we're too far away from it. So when I think about history and when I teach about history is that we really need to do the research. We need to go back and look at the, uh, the actual events, uh, look at the documentary uh, emphasis and evidence that's there, uh, so that we get a better sense of things. But understanding that in history, generally speaking, we're not going to fully comprehend uh, what happened in history, much less we our own time. I think that's really a crucial issue. The second point that I would uh, emphasize here, though, is about legacy. And whenever I think about legacy, I always think about Robin, my wife. I, she's a second-grade Christian school teacher here in town. And uh, the very first year we moved into Indy, we were here for the 05-06 school year, and she uh, was paired up with another teacher in her school who, get this now, was actually one of her second grade students way back in the day. Wow. So when you think about this, <coughs> here is Robin who is with somebody, teaching with somebody who she has taught. Literally, Robin's legacy was walking the halls with her. And so this is my definition of legacy. Legacy is not what you leave behind. Legacy is who you leave behind. Wow. Let me say that again. Legacy is not what you leave behind, it's who. And so in this case, Robin's legacy literally was walking along the halls with her, and I think that's a pretty cool thing. So when we talk about legacy, we need to talk about who. That's why we're talking about Dr. King. Yeah, and speaking of Dr. King, uh, we, we talk about his legacy, and it's interesting that you mention history. Um, and, and, you know, this is, this is one of those topics that is good for, you know, the, the listening public. Um, the African-American history as we know it and as we are taught in the educational system is so diluted mm -hmm. and so uh, unrich, as right. I would like to call it. And as much as, as I admire Dr. King, there are so many soldiers and warriors who walk next to him that I have had the pleasure not only of reading about but meeting yes. uh, while I was doing the transportation uh, in the limo business. And mm -hmm. a lot of these guys and these women would come through. Um, and the stories, Mark, mm -hmm. yeah. that, that they could give you firsthand. 
That's um, right. It was so rich in history that I said we have to do a better job of mm -hmm. exposing uh, the, the history of all these great people who came before. But fortunately, we were able to capture the works of Dr. King and magnify it. Uh, why is it so important in our nation's history that we remember Dr. King's work? Sure. Uh, if you go to the Lincoln Memorial today in Washington, D.C., what's really interesting is that if you walk up the steps, there's actually etched in the stone steps uh, about oh, three-quarters of the way up the actual place where Dr. King stood to give his famous address where he was uh, giving that I Have a Dream speech uh, back in the 1960s. And by the way, if I, since I mentioned the speech, if you have not heard the speech in a while, or if you've never heard the speech, go YouTube this thing, go listen to this magnificent speech. I think it's really an important, powerful piece of history. I think speeches are meant to inspire, to transform. Uh, listening to the eloquence of a man like Dr. King is huge, and frankly, it sent, still sends chills up and down my spine when I listen to him uh, speak all those years ago. Uh, King allowed words to be the velvet-covered fist of truth. Okay. Let me let me Good. say that again. Oh, you need some very white music on <laughs> after that, man. Come on. King allowed words to be the velvet-covered fist of truth. He sought to woo his enemies, winsomely attracting those he sought to bring to his side. King questioned the moderate person who wanted to reduce tension without sacrifice because King knew that the way forward was the way through. The way forward was the way through. Does it sound like I can start preaching right now? I think that might be the case. You know, we could uh, actually get going on something like this. Now, Absolutely. And uh, that's a great segue before we go to the last question in this setting. If there are any faith-based organizations, and we were discussing this in our board meeting about um, truly becoming uh, cross-cultural, mm -hmm. um, as we want to call it. Um, but Dr. Mark is available, an excellent, excellent preacher. Uh, you know, brother, that talk's doctorish, but he gets up in that pulpit and he can, <laughs> he can throw it around. He can throw some verbiage around. So if you're looking to uh, especially introduce our younger audience um, to the ways of Comenius, um, to, the, to the philosophy of Proverbs, and uh, Dr. Mark is available and you can contact him or us here at RadioNext.tv. There you go. Uh, no, we have to make that known because yeah. that is one of the things in 2017 that you're aspiring um, to do is to go and really let people know if you want to know who they are, go visit mm -hmm. them. That's right. Uh, you know, <laughs> we, we do too much reading and listening through these portals mm -hmm. about who we think somebody is, and then we don't go visit yeah. and, and say and touch and feel and, and share. Right. Uh, like what we did last night. That was that was beautiful. That is. Um, so last question in this segment here. What does Proverbs say about remembering um, and the importance of keeping history alive, Mark? Because sometimes, he, especially this new generation, yeah. history is something that they just seem to rebuke. Yes. How do we how do we uh, learn to keep it alive and the importance of keeping it alive? One of the ways I think that's really important, and we'll talk about this later in the show as well, uh, is the power of film. So when my kids were uh, teenagers, I think my daughter was 13, my son was 16, something like this, I showed them the movie Mississippi Burning. Now, Mississippi Burning is a very powerful and important film. And uh, this is, of course, based on the events uh, around the 1963 killing of three civil rights workers in Mississippi. Uh, and if you're at all interested, of course, uh, you can go check this out on IMDb. That's the International Movie Database. And look up Mississippi Burning. And there were some great uh, uh, action sequences there with Gene Hackman and William Defoe. Uh, just fantastic stuff. 
But I get done with the film, and my little girl, at that time a little girl, she's, she's now 30, <laughs> she's with, with two of her own. And so she, she looks at me, and, and she says, Daddy, why is it that people are still so angry about this? Now, you have to understand the context in which she was asking this question. If you haven't figured it out, by the way, uh, by this point, uh, uh, this guy that's talking right now is Euro-American. So, you know, there's, uh, there's an important uh, emphasis here. So here's my little girl. She says, Daddy, why, is, why are people still so angry? Now, she was growing up in a culture where her school, she had African-American, Asian-American, Hispanic-American, Euro-American, all kinds of different friends all kinds of colors of skin it didn't matter you know this they were all friends they didn't think about this stuff and i said baby this is folks have a long history they have a long memory and these things should never be forgotten and hb it's kind of like what you and i talk about all the time you know we should never forget the past but we shouldn't Can't ever live it. there right. either so when you read the book of proverbs uh, proverbs is very very clear it says don't move the ancient boundary stones now, the ancient boundary stones are set there for a, a very specific reason and purpose. That is that, that there are borders uh, through which we should be confined, but also that we should remember the past. These are, these are ancient things. History is important. My little girl learned that, of course, watching this film. I think films are an important way to actually keep history alive. Absolutely. And what we're going to do is take a short break. When we come back, we're going to dive more into uh, the importance of remembering uh, Dr. MLK uh, on his upcoming birthday um, and just all the great works and the seed that's been planted to create uh, radio shows much like this and some of the other movements that we have going on in our country. Um, as you were saying, Mark, uh, we, we have a lot of people who are angry and in fear. And truth be told, as we discussed last week, the church is healthy and the church is alive. Yeah. We just have to recognize it. You are listening to Walking With Radio on the Cool Blue Side of Radio Next and we are back. You are listening to the Comenius Institute sponsor show, Warp and Wolf Radio, here on the Cool Groove site every Wednesday. You can check out Dr. Mark Echo, Harold H.B. Bell, as we try to provide uh, the most uh, comprehensive information that we can mm -hmm. um, to make sure that our young people, uh, uh, much like the commercial was saying, <laughs> hey, the young people are leaving the church, whether you want to believe it or not. So we yep. have to make sure we bring the church to them. And uh, we have a very, very... Uh, great dialogue going on today uh, with it being Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday upcoming. Uh, we are going to be celebrating and sharing and we're going to be all around. Um, and Dr. Mark, I hope you don't mind, but if you have a group out who wants to volunteer and help out, uh, Deborah Blue with the Indiana Civil Rights Commission, myself, we will be live Friday morning from Watkins Community Center um, and you can come and register. Um, they have three to four different locations. They will be doing cleanup, uh, things that are needed in many of the facilities um, that help provide programming for uh, our young people um, in the city of Indianapolis. So the day of service is taking place. Um, and if you have a group or you know some volunteers or if you yourself just want to get out and help, uh, we would welcome you. There and you, go. you can listen. Uh, but we are back and we are talking about um, MLK Jr., uh, great, great man, the legend, as they like to say. And uh, we want to go to the, the topics of uh, life and current events. And uh, so what are some of the key takeaways from uh, Dr. Martin Luther King's legacy, Mark, that, that you've noticed? Sure. So I was uh, reading his uh, a book entitled A Testament of Hope, The Essential Writings and Speeches of Martin Luther King, Jr. 
And I notice a number of principles, we'll talk about them here throughout this segment, uh, that drove King's life and, of course, his legacy. I guess the first thing I would say uh, in answer to this particular question and right now is that one of the things that drove his life was love. Now, this isn't something that uh, should come as any great shock to anybody who's ever even uh, just kind of brushed up against uh, Martin Luther King's legacy. The word love uh, comes from the word agape, which is a Greek word that everybody should know. Uh, when you think about what King uh, spoke, uh, it was over and over and over again uh, filled with this kind of concept that we should love each other. In fact, here's part of what he said in this book that I was reading, A Testament of Hope. Uh, this is his quote, quote, You begin to love men not because they are likable, not because they do things that attract us, but because God loves them. And here we love the person who does the evil deed while hating the deed that the person does, end quote. So our responsibility is to love the person no matter what. King believed that love stood against evil systems that motivated by goodwill, acting with wise restraint and calm reasonableness, uh, you must keep moving. That was his comment. MLK founded civil rights upon this agape and called the movement, quote, an eternal moral issue which may well determine the destiny of our civilization, end quote. <laughs> Orator, yeah, wouldn't we call him. That's right. You know, and, and you were talking earlier about um, um, the, the, the great speech, um, that is, he's noted for. But if the listeners are out there, if they really, really, really want to get deep, uh, check out the letter from the Birmingham oh, uh, jail. Oh, um, yeah. That is one of the most, oh, my God. When, when you're talking mm -hmm. about getting to the core and the root of yes. us mm -hmm. as human beings, I mean, he, he put it down. And uh, if you get an opportunity, please look that up. Yes. Uh, letter from a Birmingham jail by Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., uh, why is King's teaching on nonviolence so important to his legacy, Mark? Sure. Well, let's uh, talk about the issue of justice. We've touched on justice uh, numerous times uh, throughout this particular program over the last year. But let me begin uh, answering the question by saying that there's a reason why his name is Martin Luther. <laughs> For those of you who, who don't know, uh, this, his, he was actually named after a very famous great reformational leader, Martin Luther. And, of course, the reformational leader of whom we speak here was somebody from the 16th century who actually made this statement, Here I stand, I can do no other. Here I stand, I can do no other. So when King, Martin Luther King Jr. himself, uh, positioned himself in a certain way, that's what he was talking about, and that's where he began. So the justice the king wanted during the Civil Rights Movement emanated from the justice of any protester or from Protestant, that is, protesting desires. That is, that we should be just, fair, and equitable, treating people based on the foundation of truth. So I still believe that standing up for truth of God is the greatest thing in the world, MLK said. This is the end of life. The end of life is not to be happy. The end of life is not to achieve pleasure and avoid pain. The end of life is to do the will of God, come what may. Check it out, man. I'm Talk about a statement that is absolutely foundational to his legacy. It is about doing this, standing. Here I stand. I can do no, nothing else. That's a great line. Absolutely. Um, and as we go to the last question in this second segment, um, and we want to remember how uh, King's legacy should be preserved in our culture today, but we must remember as well, um, near the end of King's life, the scrutiny 
um, that he was receiving, number one, mm -hmm. for um, uh, he was being considered a communist. He was also rebelling against uh, Lyndon Johnson, who had worked so hard to help with the civil rights movement, mm -hmm. um, but now was uh, uh, protesting the Vietnam War. So um, the later stages, as you mentioned, legacy, legacy is a weird thing because uh, I can remember as a young African-American male, Muhammad Ali taking his stance mm -hmm. and the lashing out mm -hmm. of Muhammad Ali at that time. Mm -hmm. versus how history remembers him is, is sure. amazing. Um, yeah. And like you say, until you're done with it, the farther you get away from it, yeah. uh, the, the more, uh, I think, conscious yeah. people are about the work that you did. So if you're looking for your legacy while you're living, it probably will not happen. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> it, it, legacy is not, you don't go around boasting about your legacy, man. Yeah. Legacy is something that happens when you die. So uh, I would say when we talk about these kinds of things, let me just emphasize something, kind of spin off of what you just said. Um, look, all of us have checkered lives. I mean, nobody is perfect. Yeah, you speak for yourself. <laughs> no, I'm just, just, I know I'm a Ooh, Lord. So we have uh, a sinful person. That is, we are all that way. We all struggle with sin. So King, no... No different than from anybody else. Uh, was this a perfect man? No. But we celebrate a person, and we actually call it a holiday, which is the holy day. That's where it comes from in the English, a holy day. And we set this day apart. Holy means to be set apart. We set this day apart to remember a great man. Now, all all people that we remember in the past aren't are never perfect. Let's make sure that we emphasize that. But nonetheless, we remember somebody in the past because of the future. And here's the point that I want to make about the future and the culture today. If there is one idea upon which King focused, it was upon who would follow him. Remember what I said about legacy a few moments ago. MLK referred to youth as, quote, the face of the future, the generation of integration. And that was his quote. Speaking of the student marches, King noted that these were movements of faith, of hope, singing that we shall overcome. Now, some will say that we've come a long way since the days of Martin Luther King Jr. Well, that's true. But too often we forget the past, we don't teach our history, and we fail to remind those who follow whom we should never forget. So we must keep his speeches, his writings, his words in our teaching and in living. And in this way, we honor the life and the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., not because he's a perfect person, but because he stood for things that we should all stand for, love, justice, and the future, which is the next generation of young people. And on that note, Dr. Mark, you sound like a little junior Martin Luther King yourself on that. Uh, we're going to come right back, and we have a great discussion going on right now about uh, remembering the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King here on Warp and Wolf Radio. Um, at the top of the hour, we will have uh, Reverend M.A. Gill, who uh, has a great, great uh, program coming up this Monday that Dr. Mark and I uh, will be broadcasting live from the Martin Luther King 47th Annual Dr. Martin Luther King Day celebration at St. John's Missionary Baptist Church. Stay tuned. We'll be right back on Warping with Radio. RadioNext.tv on the Cool Groove site. Y'all knew who you texted, man. That was now that was old school. Donnie Hathaway and Roberta Flack. Now that takes you back to the times and the memories of Dr. Martin Luther King. Uh, no, just always trying to make sure in between this great conversation that you get some of the best music for your mind. Mm -hmm. And if you need more of that, check out Jumbo Love every Saturday morning between <laughs> 8 and 9. There and you'll you understand exactly what I'm talking about. We are mm -hmm. back. Dr. Mark Echo, Harold H.B. Bell on Warping with Radio as we await uh, Reverend Gill 
who will be in and we'll be talking about all the work that she's doing uh, with the Indiana Christian Leadership Conference. A uh, great organization that was spun off of the Southern, uh, Southern Christian Leadership Conference uh, that Dr. Martin Luther King actually headed for years before his great plight into public uh, uh, figure. Uh, but uh, last segment of this first hour, Mark, and we always try to talk about connections and how Christians can become engaged mm -hmm. with um, some, of the, some of the topics that we bring each and every week. So today, we want to ask the question, why should Christians remember history? And isn't the present more important than the past? That's mm -hmm. what most people would think. That's a double uh, two-edged question. Go on and answer that. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm uh, teaching in a, in a classroom setting. I think I was out in Maryland, actually, at the time when I was teaching this particular class. And a black student was standing across from me at the counter. We were at his coffee break, and we were just talking. He poured his coffee, and he, he asked me about my future. And he was surprised when I responded, you are my future. You are my future. He literally stopped stirring uh, his cup, and he said, uh, nobody has ever said that to me before. Nobody has ever said that to me before. So when I say to my students that you are my future, you are my legacy, look, man, I'm, I'm a lot closer to the end than I am the beginning. You know, my, my life will not last forever. But what will last are the principles and the teachings that come out of Scripture, a transcendent source of truth. And so what I tell my students is they are the future, and they are my future. They are my legacy. So sometimes I bring my five comments, and I'm going to bring five more here, HB. Oh, yeah, dang, man. I didn't bring my little chalkboard today. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get you a little portable whiteboard from here on out. Here are the five statements, my five commitments to anybody listening. Uh, that I will continue to do until I die. Number one, I will celebrate all my African, Hispanic, Asian, and European brothers and sisters. Number two, I will continue to pursue, promote, and publicize my ethnically diverse brothers and sisters for public positions. Three, I will use my platform to search out my replacement, a man unified in belief, diverse in ethnicity. Number four, I will encourage folks like Charlie and Harrison and Brian and Seth and Don and David and Reginald, Harold, Rondell, and so many others toward the completion of their advanced degrees. And number five, I will freely share eternal wisdom and permanent ideals for the 21st century. There you go. That's a hit list of solutions, <laughs> there man, you go. in the 21st century. Um, before we get to this last question, just as, as my brother, um, what do you think, and I want to ask this question just the way I mean it, mm -hmm. what do you think that we as a society, if there was just one simple thing that we could do to pull the, the shade up on race relations where it's a candid conversation without feeling pain or without being judgmental, mm -hmm. without it being anything but okay, if we put this on the table, then our, our differences won't be that many. What, 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 what would it be? Yeah. Get out, walk outside your front door, close the door, and walk across the street and meet somebody else. I mean, straight up, that's as easy as it gets. And all that means is intentionality. So I have to intentionally desire and decide what I'm going to do. So in my case... Uh, you know, you've heard me say this many times. My church has heard me say this many times. What really is, is on my heart, uh, the Spirit has uh, prompted me about this for years, is the unity of the church, specifically ethnically, 
uh, for black and white churches to be unified. We emphasized this last week uh, where we had a diverse panel of folks in here, pastors from different places in the city, and uh, we didn't all look alike. How about that? But in order for that to actually take place, we all had to be in the same room together. And that really was the key. So getting everybody together or crossing the street and meeting somebody else, really it's as simple as that. Now, it doesn't mean that's going to be easy. Let's be honest about that too. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be difficult from your perspective, and it's going to be difficult from the person's perspective whom you are meeting. But guess what? It takes time. This isn't something that's going to take place, you know, immediately I shake your hand and we're immediately brothers. This is not, let me just, I'll say it this way. Look, folks, this is not rocket science. You do not have to go to seminary to learn this. Exactly. Go across the street, learn about somebody else, sit and listen to them. That's all it takes. Or you can go to Proverbs. Oh, <laughs> look at you. I mean, you know, simply go to Proverbs, and it speaks very clearly yeah. about loving your neighbor like you love yourself. Mm. And I didn't see one race or ethnic uh, or gender that's base right. quote when it said love thy neighbor as that's love right there it is so you know that there it is right there uh but so uh, how should christians participate and teach uh this this weekend uh not only this weekend but in a continuum uh about mlk in their communities sure so there's a, a brand new documentary that's out uh, i've been publicizing and it's called accidental courtesy uh, this is Daryl Davis. Uh, Daryl Davis is a musician who's played all over the world with legends like Chuck Berry and Little Richard. And he actually, this get this now, just sit down, hold on tight to your chair. He literally sits down with members of the Ku Klux Klan, and he sits and talks with them. And he just, he says, how can you hate me if you don't know me? That's his key line. How can you hate me if you don't know me? And so he says that over 200 KKK members have come out of the KKK simply because he's been befriended them. And this is exactly what I just said. Cross the street, get to know somebody. But here's a black man doing it with KKK members. This is amazing stuff. So go check this out. It's accidentalcourtesy.com. Go check it out and find out where it's playing in your area. Unbelievable. And as we wind down this first hour... Uh, drum roll, please, because this is where the man's heart lies. Uh, he is a movie buff, if you do not know. Uh, a movie, uh, just a diehard, uh, uh, especially in gothic horror and all that. But what kind of movies, Mark, would um, would you recommend to recognize MLK sure. um, in the community? Yeah, I would definitely watch uh, at least one of these films uh, with folks. You know, get a, get a group together, get a couple of... Uh, uh, neighbors together, uh, whatever, uh, and sit down and watch uh, some of these films or one of these films sometime this weekend. Uh, the first I would suggest is Raisin in the Sun. Uh, Sidney Poitier uh, gave one of the best performances of his career, A Raisin in the Sun. I mentioned Mississippi Burning already, an Oscar-winning drama, Gene Hackman, William Defoe. Uh, fantastic stuff. I highly recommend it. Uh, to Kill a Mockingbird, I mean, this this story is almost universal, but if you haven't seen the movie, and, and certainly if you haven't seen the book, at least go see the film. To Kill a Mockingbird, you can find it free any place. I think it's on Prime or Netflix. Uh, and then there's Freedom on My Mind, an Academy Award-nominated documentary about the civil rights movement in the 1960s. The title of that, again, is Freedom on my mind. And one last one, if you haven't seen Lee, but- 
Lee Daniels, the butler. Lee Daniels, the butler. I highly recommend it. Forrest Whitaker, of course, an Oscar-winning, Academy Award-winning uh, actor, uh, plays Cecil Gaines, and you need to see Lee Daniels, the butler. Those are just some that will kind of broaden people's perspectives, uh, have them perhaps think different thoughts than they're already thinking now, and uh, I think that would be an excellent uh, promo for MLK Day. Well, absolutely. What we're going to do is take a short break. Um, before our 11 o'clock hour, uh, Reverend Gill will be in the house, and we're going to find out more about the great MLK Day celebration uh, this Monday from St. John's Missionary Baptist Church. You are listening to Warp and Wolf Radio on the Cool Groove Sighted Radio next afternoon. And we have all kinds of different programs, but we run it the same way every week. The first hour we generally take to talk about the issues of the day, whatever that might be. And then we have interviews in the second hour. Folks who are doing good in the community, that's the tagline of our show from Titus chapter 3. Do good, do good, do good, Titus chapter 3. And so our emphasis this week in promotion and anticipation of MLK Day, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, this is a huge issue for us. We were just promoting this in the first hour. We want to make sure to uh, have everybody think about how this uh, very important individual in history has left a great legacy for us and how we can celebrate that in the best way. And so uh, this morning we have uh, to interview Reverend Gill, Reverend M.A. Gill, and she is in the house here, and we want to welcome you to, to the show. We want you to tell us a little about yourself your family, your life experiences, and what kind of work do you do in the Indianapolis community? Good morning, Dr. Echo, and to the listening audience. Uh, my name is Reverend Marilyn A. Gill, and um, first of all, I will just say that I like to be known simply as a servant leader. Um, in terms of my education, I have an associate's degree in leadership and management, a bachelor's degree in ethics and management, from Crossroads Bible College with cum laude honors. I am a Master of Divinity graduate from the Indiana Wesleyan Seminary at Indiana Wesleyan University. I have training and background in child care ministry, grief recovery and bereavement ministry, and also um, spiritual care. I am the Executive Director of the Indiana Christian Leadership Conference here in Indianapolis. The Indiana Christian Leadership Conference emerged as an association or an associate of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference back in the late 1958 when we were in the late 1950s when our organization was established. Um, I would like to also say that I am a member of the National Association of Professional Women and a member of the Andrew J. Brown Academy School, as well as, lastly, um, certified chaplain of clinical pastoral education in accordance with the standards of the Association for Clinical Pastoral Education. And I think that's all I'll say. That, that's enough to let you know a little <laughs> bit about who I am. Yeah, that's a, that's a broad and deep as well. 
Uh, how does all of what you do or have done uh, in your past, obviously, uh, you have uh, all kinds of great degrees, you have all kinds of great experiences. Uh, how does all of that then uh, kind of lead you into the work that you do in Indianapolis? Uh, tell us a little bit about what that means, uh, maybe a day-to-day or a week-to-week kind of experience for you. What is it that you do in the community uh, on a regular basis? I think the main thing is understanding that a servant leader has no real criteria except to serve. Many of us are called into the ministry when we are called into the ministry recognized afterwards. I've had this calling all my life, all my life. And um, that is one of the, what I would say, epiphanies that happened with me when I finally accepted the calling on my life. I realized, and so many people around me kept saying to me, what took you so long? What You've been doing that all your life. Doing what all my life? Serving in the community. So I've served in various ways. But I will say my greatest servanthood has been not only in the church, but with the Indiana Christian Leadership Conference, of which I have been working with them since the mid-1980s. Um, if I may talk a little bit about the Indiana Christian Leadership Conference, for those of you who may not know, it was established by the late Dr. Andrew J. Brown here in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, Dr. Andrew J. Brown had a very close tie and relationship to the late Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, the Indiana Christian Leadership Conference is a nonprofit movement that was, I said earlier, officially established in 1958 or around that time at the St. John Missionary Baptist Church, then located at 1701 Martindale Avenue, where Dr. Brown served as pastor for 47 years or so. That church is still there. However, the street has been renamed or was renamed in his honor And the St. John Missionary Baptist Church is now located directly across the street at 1651 Dr. Andrew J. Brown Avenue, where we will be holding our 48th Martin Luther King Jr. birthday celebration. Now, in terms of what I do in the community, my experience has been broad. Um, I worked with the American Red Cross for a while as a servant leader. Um, as a disaster relief worker, and that was very challenging. I worked with Martin University for a while um, in helping to garner young children who would be considered first-generation college graduates if they went to college. So I co-sponsored tours to take them to colleges, primarily HBCUs in the southern part of the nation, to expose them to just a college building. Some had not even walked into, or their parents, aunts, uncles, had not even been in a college building to tell them what to expect. So I used to do those type of tours. I've also co-hosted or co-labored in sponsoring tours, retracing the steps of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in Montgomery, Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama, and other places. And so currently, I serve as the executor uh, director under Dr. Thomas L. Brown, who is the son of Dr. Andrew Brown. 
Um, he was the executive director before his dad passed. After his dad passed, of course, he assumed that position, and I was promoted from executive assistant to executive director. So my role as the executive director primarily includes working in various areas of the community. First of all, um, as the executive director, I am totally responsible for pulling together the annual Dr. Martin Luther King Day celebration. Um, that will be happening on Monday, and I will talk about that later. Um, but my sole responsibility is to contact the um, individuals who are going to be receiving awards, and I will get into that later, um, communicating with the main event speaker, um, etc. There are people within the community, sometimes and primarily in the clergy, that have asked me to come alongside and assist them. And so I do that in the community um, just because I am a servant leader. Um, in my own church, of course, I serve and assist my pastor um, at the point of his calling, and that can be at any time. Wow, you do an awful lot in the community. That's I, really great. Yeah. I, I want to, as you were talking about all these things, the first question that always comes to my mind uh, is how does your Christian faith? inform your commitment to the community? One of the key things in terms of my Christian faith is I believe in doing all things to the glory of God. When I can perform with that expectation, then I know that I am not trying to be a people pleaser, mm -hmm. but I am trying to let the light of Christ shine through me. Wow. That's really great. So the emphasis is always on the glory of God. That is correct. Yeah. So when we talk about, you have you mentioned a couple of times the concept of servant leader. Uh, what does that mean for you? If you were to unpack that, what does the concept of servant leader mean? From my perspective, the concept of a servant, lead, of a servant leader is, first of all, being willing, able, and ready to serve. As a servant leader, you, one, doesn't really have an opportunity to pick and choose. You have to be ready to serve. But you don't want to just serve. You want to, sh you want to serve, as I said, to the glory of God, so that the way you are leading impacts others who may be watching, that they may want to develop that same spirit of leadership. So the idea that somebody else might follow you, that they're looking at you and the other's emphasis, you believe and, and foresee this as the best way forward uh, in terms of developing the next generation, letting them see you serve. And that's the emphasis that you would uh, say to others. If you want to, to learn how to serve, come alongside me, let's, let's do this thing together and you can watch the process. That is, that is a correct statement. Um, I, I would agree with that. Unfortunately, I, there are not many young people today um, that have approached me about um, wanting to serve or lead by what they've seen. Um, there was a time 
I would say maybe 10 or 15 years ago, um, when somebody would say, um, when I grow up, I want to learn how to do so-and-so like you. And, and that was good then, but today they seem to be preoccupied with all of the um, electrical and digital devices out there that the actually what I call feet to the pavement, getting out there hands on, does not seem to invite them as much anymore. Okay. So if you had any kind of um, watchword or uh, direction for anybody listening to this program, how do we get young people invested and involved, uh, feet to the pavement as you well say, uh, to get them invested into the communities and doing good for the people around them if they are indeed just focused on screens in front of their faces? How do we, how do we get them involved and invested? I think possibly one way would be to just sit down and converse with them and understand what they're thinking and why. Understand what their future is and why. Mm. Understand how they function with their peers and why. And then ask them perhaps um, if you as an individual, could be a benefit in their life and in which way, and in what way. Because what I found, even in trying to strike up a conversation with what I call uh, the digital people of today, they cannot hold a normal conversation with a normal sentence. They talk in text talk. Mm. You say to them... Um, Good morning, how are you? And have a good day. And they will respond something like, okay, as you would in the text, okay, and that's it. Mm -hmm. There's nothing more behind that. Mm -hmm. um, I said to someone the other day, he's what I call a digital technier, that's what I call him. Um, I said to him the other day, did you see the picture of uh, a certain person um, on New Year's Eve, and the quick response was, picture? Yeah. Wow, okay. And so that's how they talk. They talk in text talk. Mm. Um, so having a good conversation with them and helping them to understand sometimes, even if they're holding a pencil, do you know where the pencil came from? Who invented the pencil? Let's look at this. Um inviting them to take part in documentaries on television. Last night would have been a prime example to have someone sit down and look at President Obama's outgoing speech and then discuss it with them. What did you take away from this speech? Why do you think he had to make this speech? But there has to be an interest, there has to be something there other than what they're able to just look at and punch on if they are going to be viable citizens in the community. In the, and into the future, right? Yes, and yeah. into the future. Well, it sure sounds like um, the emphasis you've laid out here for us is exactly the way we need to go, and that's with relationship. Uh, we're going to take a break here. Uh, you're listening to Radio Next.tv at the Cool Groove site, Warp and Wolf Radio. We're having a discussion with Reverend Gill about the upcoming MLK events, and we're going to be promoting that in the next segment. Now listen close now to some cool jazz music. 
You are listening to RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. This is Warp and Woof Radio coming to you every Wednesday morning from 10 until noon. And every week we deal with some different aspect of life, whatever that might be, whatever of interest. And, of course, this week we are anticipating the very important holiday of Martin Luther King Jr. And we're uh, pleased uh, to have Reverend Gill in the audience here in, in the studio here with us. Uh, to talk about those kinds of things, the upcoming event on Monday. Uh, Reverend Gill, tell us a little bit about this particular celebration of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. Well, for us, um, Dr. Eccles, and to the listening audience, this is, as I had mentioned earlier, our 48th celebration. And what that means primarily is that we began our very first celebration on Dr. King's birthday his very next birthday after the um, very, um, very bad assassination. So on January the 15th, 1969, we celebrated our very first Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. celebration under the vision of, again, the Reverend Dr. Andrew J. Brown, who again had very close ties and was a very close friend to Dr. King. And so since that time, I can remember as though it was yesterday, and if there's anybody here in Indianapolis listening, they can remember that one of the things that made the program very unique in the beginning is that um, Dr. Brown would tell everybody, whatever side of town you're coming from, turn your headlights on. And as we were pulling into the uh, parking lot of the St. John Missionary Baptist Church, headlights were coming from north, south, east, mm -hmm. west, and it was the most beautiful thing, simple, but a uh, beautiful thing to see, to commemorate that, that day. Um, during the celebration service, we instituted what we call the Drum Major for Justice Award, and that has been given now for the last 48 years. This year, I'm, I am proud to say that it will be given posthumously to the late um, David N. Baker, Jr., who we know was a great performing uh, jazz artist and musician. Um, in the past, one of the things since the organization was formed, and then as we grew and as we looked at ways to improve, we also put together things like an education award, uh, a religion award, a community award. At one time, we had what was known as an epic award, mm -hmm. and then uh, a very uh, prestigious award is the Andrew J. Brown Award. Both the epic award and the Andrew J. Brown Award is not given every year, but only when uh, commensurable to the service of an individual that we feel warrants those awards. And so I think another exciting thing about um, the celebration is the feminine, feminine energy that is now present in the organization. Um, at one time, and there is actually nothing wrong with this, um, that the uh, Baptist ministers here in Indianapolis were primarily the undergirders um, of this celebration and participated in all kinds of ways, and they still do today. Um, either by us asking them or by them volunteering. It is still that. But um, Dr. Thomas Brown has brought in uh, what we call feminine energy into the program. And so when I say that, I mean um, for the first time we had a female 
main event speaker, uh, Reverend Evelyn Manns from Brooklyn, New York, to come in back in the 80s. And then after that, we had female preachers to come and take part in the program during the prayers. Um, I remember the Reverend Elaine Walters Gordon during the prayer one year. Uh, they come in last year. We had someone to do the scripture. We have had uh, two or three females to do to present or give the main address. This year, I am very happy to um, announce so that you will know that we have the uh, Reverend Dr. Um, Sophia Fasua. Reverend Dr. Sophia Fasua, who is a clergy member of the New Jersey Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church, Dr. Eccles. And also she is a associate professor um, of spiritual formation at Indiana Wesleyan Seminary there at the university in Marion, Indiana. Uh, one of the other things that we added last year, and it has been a wonderful component going forward, is our interfaith community. And when I say our interfaith community, I am speaking of, first of all, the um, Nur Allah Islamic Center. I am speaking of the Buddhist community. I am speaking of the Sikh community. I am speaking of the Jewish community. I am speaking of the Indian community. These communities and, and a few more. But they began to join us last year. And I think what's relative and what's important to know is that Dr. King was um, quite much a servant leader and worked with and through um, the people of many religious faiths. Um, one with a rabbi, Abraham Joshua Herschel, and many people know that. Um, at other times, he worked with Father Theodore Hesburgh from Notre Dame right here in Indiana. Um, he worked with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And, of course, we all know, I believe, and if not, then I will share with others, that Dr. King picked up his philosophy of nonviolence from uh, Mohandas Gandhi. So that, along with the Vietnamese group and um, just the continuing um, work that these leaders are what I call remnants of these leaders um, desire to participate with us has been really a blessing to our service. This, all of the uh, groups that you've just mentioned are really important when you're talking about a community-wide event and certainly something in terms of Dr. King's celebration. Here's a man who uh, was is continuing to be celebrated as a nonviolent individual and so you can have all different kinds of communities invested and involved in this process and I, I, that's very commendable and very positive. I would also say that every one of these groups is going to have their own uh, direction, their own doctrine, their own teaching, and they do that in their own worship styles and their own worship centers, wherever those might be. But in things that we can agree on, 
this is a wonderful opportunity for all different kinds of people to come together. It truly is, and prayer is one thing that we can all agree on. Regardless of who we're praying to, we can agree that prayer is needed. Um, one of the highlights of our program um, is what we call the invocation of faith. And during that time, you will see on Monday, Dr. Eckel, that each faith group leader will come forward and pray a two-minute prayer in their own faith. One of the things we take pride about in this program is allowing the faith leaders to express themselves and not be restrictive as Christianity can do sometimes and other religions um, restrict people to um, believe and um, to Christ in their own way but we don't embrace that we embrace everybody's philosophy or at least their ability and their right to express themselves through their own worship style and their prayers. And it's interesting that the historic context for this, of course, is Dr. King, because he was himself a believer, a Christian, and so his uh, emphasis was allowed for this inclusivity, so that he could draw in all of these different kinds of folks. Uh, as HB and I talk about all the time here, whether we're talking about the Old Testament or the New Testament, the focal point is always love your neighbors, you love yourself. Yes. And that's where that emphasis comes from. It is. It yeah. is. Now, I'm going to put just a little bit of spin on that because I tell when I hear that love your neighbor as you love yourself, then you have to ask the question, do you love yourself? Do you love your community? Do you love who you are? Because the only way you can love somebody is if you love yourself. And if you do not love, then the opposite side of that is hate. And we've heard a lot of rhetoric regarding and surrounding hate. So that comes from what I would say something that is internal, that is camouflaged in so many areas. The idea, of course, uh, the difference between loving and hating is huge. And obviously, from a Christian point of view, our focus is always going to be on loving other people. Uh, when you... You talked about some of your past programming as well as this upcoming uh, program. Uh, tell us about some of the uh, co-workers that you have, some supporting church groups. You've already talked about some of your community partners. Are there church groups or other churches that have become invested in this uh, across the spectrum, uh, whether it be black churches or white churches, if it's Methodist or Baptist? Are there different kinds of groups uh, that are churches, Christian churches, but still are coming together to do this work together? Uh, Dr. Eccles, that's, that's a very good question. Um, candidly speaking, though, I, I have to say that our, our co-workers um, include anyone who just desires to volunteer with our organization, and either in assigned clergy uh, capacity or other capacity, um, that they may present to us or that we may go out and um, solicit. Um, in terms of groups, I will say that the Harambe 1310 radio show is a big supporter of the Indiana Christian Leadership Conference because it was more or less birthed out of Operation Breadbasket which was a key component 
to the Indiana Christian Leadership Conference, and it is now um, Harambe 1310. But that is a platform that allows individuals across the community of Indianapolis to be a part of a radio listening show um, and be able to express their concerns regarding social injustices, regarding solutions, regarding problems, exposing, and those type of venues. We also have uh, what I would say um, is inclusive in terms of working alongside with us is um, the Andrew J. Brown Academy. Um, the Andrew J. Brown Academy is located on the far northeast side of Indianapolis. And I don't know if you've ever had a chance to go into that academy, Dr. Eccles, but if you ever want to do that, give me a call so we can set up a visit. Um, that academy is run by a very efficient uh, leader who keeps the school in a discipline of self-respect, respect for others, um, respect for your heritage. It is a multicultural school. I will say that it is probably 70-75% um, Latino, maybe not 75%, uh, maybe 60%, uh, then maybe 35% African American, and then perhaps 5% European American. But um, that school more or less operates with those principles that I spoke about earlier. Um, the other thing that we have in common, I think, in terms of working with us is um, what we are starting this year for the program. And, and this is the way, Dr. Eckle, that we are getting young people involved. We're having a poetry slam. Hmm. That's great. A poetry slam. Nice. And it involves young people. But our theme from its inception for this organization has been stop the killing, rally for real living. Mm. And then five years ago, we added this last component, L-O-V-E, <laughs> love, let our violence end. Wow. And the poetry slam will be young people who will be expressing themselves and in and around the theme of Stop the Killing, Rally for Real Living, Love, Let Our Violence In. And so on Monday at uh, the 10 o'clock hour, we have what is uh, like a pre-celebration hour because people come early to get a seat. Mm, okay. And I decided one year we need to have something that can engage the people and this year, um, we are going to have contestants or the runner-ups from the Poetry Slam um, to come and recite their poems. And then at the official 11 o'clock hour, we will award that um, individual uh, their prize for, for that. So these have all been what I say uh, community organizations or community involvement um, that um, is working alongside 
the Indiana Christian Leadership Conference. Nice. Now, you mentioned a few things there. Maybe we need to unpack a little bit. Go one ahead. Of the, one of them is uh, this Harambe 1310. So tell us about that. Uh, tell us about what the word means. And then uh, the radio uh, show, uh, that's uh, just kind of help us to understand those kinds of things. I'm not going to begin to explain what the word means. Um, well, I, you yeah, know. Yes. You, you yeah, tell us. Harambe is, uh, is a word that literally means let's all get together and push. Uh-huh. Uh, it's really quite a fascinating term, And but there's actually a radio show or a radio station there, based on this? Yes, and, and thank you, because every time I try to explain that in what sounds like logical words to me, they don't come out okay. logical, so there that's why I said you do that. <laughs> and then, um, of course, we haven't, well, I won't go that far, but anyway, yes, Harambe 1310 is a radio program that is on uh, 1310 WTLC AM radio each Saturday morning um, at 9 o'clock AM to the 10 o'clock hour. And um, that is a show that, as I said, allows, first of all, we discuss community topics. And when I say we, because it falls up under the auspices of the Indiana Christian Leadership Conference, the host for that program is Dr. Thomas L. Brown, who is the president of the Indiana Christian Leadership Conference. Um, Occasionally, I co-host that program with him. I just ended myself a six-month segment entitled, And It Is So, um, which speaks of women who, and that feminine, feminine energy again, who, you know, are making strides, have made strides in the community and across the country, across the world. The Harambe show also comes on Sunday, the same station, 1310 AM radio, um, beginning at 3 o'clock p.m. Um, but during the segments of these, again, Community issues are discussed. People call in, and they actually, um, what I would say, challenge us by giving us and telling us about solutions that they have, um, things that they are doing to help to stop the killing, rally for real living, um, just all kinds of, um, uh, what I would say, insight from the community and the community understands that that is more or less their platform to speak out to the rest of the community so as a result people come together they get together after the show in whatever way that um, the show has allowed them to do and things happen from there Mm. you know you when you talk about the issue and interest in the community i'm I can't help but think about Pastor Hank Hankerson. Maybe you know Pastor Hankerson. I, he um, was a teacher at Crossroads Bible College. He was, yes. actually, yes. And he's still the pastor at Crossroads Bible Church. Yes, he is. Over on 42nd. Yes. And uh, he was in uh, in May uh, this last year, and he did two hours with us on the history of jazz music in Indianapolis, which was unbelievably great. Uh, you can listen to it on a podcast if you're interested. But what I wanted to say about him and community and what you all are doing is uh, that he has a school, School 105, is right behind his church building. School 105, right behind his church building. And what they do, what what his congregation has done, is they've gone to the school and they've talked to the administrator and they've said, what, what do you need? And when that question was asked the administrator, there was no hesitation. The woman administrator said, I need you to help me with my fourth grade boys. Ho! Well, automatically, Pastor Hankerson said, I will get right back to you on that. He went back to his church. 
he got eight men, eight men who would be willing to commit to mentor these young guys, go into the school. Now, after a year plus, the church people just almost have free reign at the school because they're serving, just as your very the very ethos that comes out of you, the servant leadership of crossing the street, going to see what else you can do for somebody else. And that's what opens these doors to people. And what you're doing with a poetry slam, you're opening this to young people and you're saying, hey, come on in because we need you because you're the next generation. And express yourself other than at the, um, you know, end of a gun mm-hmm. or other than at the throw of a knife. Mm-hmm. Express yourself. Mm-hmm. Express yourself this way. Mm-hmm. That, because, as I said earlier, that is the only way we will be able to know what is being internalized with them. It has to come out, and it has to come out in a constructive manner. And in the way that they're used to. So a poetry slam, this is a great idea because this is what they're used to, what they enjoy, what they normally do. Yes. So finding a way, maybe this is an idea for the future, finding a way that you can connect these digitally oriented people, screen lookers, okay? <laughs> yes. Uh, connecting them to your conference so that in some way you can invite them in and have maybe even have them teach the conference about, hey, this is what we do, this is why we do it, here's what could be the next generation. And, and that keeps them away. You know, it helps them to learn how to engage in real conversation. Right. In real conversation. Yeah. And there's the, the business that we're about. Yes. You and I, we're sitting here, we're having this conversation. Uh, others, you know, hundreds of people listening right now on the radio station, uh, hundreds more will get this in the podcast as it comes out through social media in a couple of days. Uh, but this is the kind of thing that needs to be taking place. But it takes the effort of us crossing the street and going to find whoever and dealing with uh, whomever at their place, what they're interested in, what they're used to, so that they feel like, hey, you're not asking them to do something they're not, they're not interested in or not used to doing. And I think that's one of the things that when I look at Dr. King, it was not a matter of him trying to convert people to Christians. It was a matter of him embracing whatever their religious faith to impact social justice Mm -hmm. across the nation. And the issue of uh, attracting folks, I mean, when you you start seeing things like this happening, uh, people are going to look at what you're doing like they did to Dr. King, and they're going to say, gee, that's... I wonder where he got that from. I wonder why he's so different. And, of course, it's the Christian route that give, makes the difference here. But with uh, folks like Heshberg and Heschel, uh, you've got a Catholic, you've got a Hebrew, a Jewish uh, individual who, are, who actually march with him. Here are two great white men who are marching with this great black man. And this is a, a very important statement to make to people. This is a visual image that we have to have more and more of. It is very important. Um, it is very important. When I hear people today say, you know, we started a movement, we have a movement, I have to ask myself, do you really know what you are saying? Because a movement is something that continues. A movement is an organism. A movement is something that's moving and changing things. A movement does not stop when a person stops or when a, a movement continues. The Indiana Christian Leadership Conference, it's a movement of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. It will continue for all those organizations across the nation who um, 
birthed or branched an organization out of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference or out of Dr. King's movement is continuing the movement. Mm -hmm. Something that started in 1969 for you yes. and now continues. Yes. And, and this is something you and I were talking about off air. Uh, we were talking about this ethos, this thing that moves us and motivates us. Obviously, yes. in our preaching, it's the Spirit of God through the Word of God. But this movement can't take place unless there's transformation that takes place in us. There has to be internal transformation that we have undergone before we can even begin to transform other people. Right. So before we get to invite people or we invest in, in our community, there has to have been the life-changing transformation of Jesus within in our own us, lives. Within us. Yeah. And we don't have to speak it. We don't have to hit anybody upside the head with the, the, the 66 books of the Bible. We just serve as servant leaders so that the light comes through mm -hmm. and others can see that. Mm -hmm. And that's something that uh, I was actually just talking with a group of students here this last week about that very issue. And uh, my comment to them was, uh, you don't have to say anything. You don't have to quote the Bible to anybody. But when they see what you're doing, they're going to stop you and say, why do you do this? I mean, what makes you so different from the rest of us? Because we don't do this kind of stuff. What motivates you? And then you have the opportunity to present the gospel. Then you have the opportunity to express what God's Word teaches. I, I agree with that, Dr. Echol. Yeah. Yes. So, and, and just for the sake of knowledge, by the way, since we were talking about this off here yes. as well, mm -hmm. um, we were talking about preaching. Yes. Yes. And you and I have just preached recently. Yes. Yes. And we were talking about the, uh, again, the movement of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit, but it's based on the content of what we already know. I know that this isn't something that we necessarily um, uh, kind of planned for, but it seems pretty obvious. Let's talk just a, for a moment about the impact and the importance of study and the importance of knowing content and knowing what we're about in order to make that communication possible. It's very important. One of the things that um, I remember when I first entered seminary was um, the fact that we were made to think about and look upon and recognize various statements and phrases that we used to hear uh, preachers from the past say and state. Um, and how those phrases just went on and on and on through transition. Nobody really knew what they were saying. They just knew that it sounded good, it made a good impact, and they began to just say what they had heard former preachers say. But as you become educated in the Word, you learn that it's necessary if you are going to represent the Most High God, mm -hmm. you are going to take the time to do the research mm -hmm. that is necessary to reveal who He is not only to you, but to other people. And so while it is good, and especially in the African-American tradition, to hype and have um, what I call um, high spirit, it's more important to do that after the research mm -hmm. because you can always add the hype and the high spirit to the research. But the research and the content of the research has to tell somebody out there who is lost who needs to be saved, what the Spirit of mm -hmm. God, the Spirit of Christ, really is. Mm -hmm. And in order to have transformation, you've got to have information, but without, uh, without the information, there is no transformation. That's correct. So you have to have some kind of content base, and of course, as Christians, we're concerned, 
and consumed by the Word of God. Well, we're coming to the end of our interview. I know this has just kind of flown by here, and the time has gone really quickly. Uh, But let me just ask uh, at the end of our time together, uh, are there any last words that you'd like to offer our audience? Some last thing you want to say about uh, this particular event on Monday, however you'd like to end. Well, what I'd like to say is that, first of all, if you're listening, this program is going to be broadcasted live from this radio station on Monday. Mm -hmm. So wherever you are, you will be able to tune in and listen to it. Um, Also, I would like to say that... um, Martin Luther King Celebration Service, the Day of Remembrance, the Day of Commemoration, is what I consider a day on. What do I mean by that? When you are given a day off from your job, come take a day on and be in celebration and service of whatever the event might be in honor of Dr. King. Um, That is a legacy that we never want to see diminished or die down, and it can only be supportive when you come out. So just... Um, come out. If you don't know who Dr. King is, take the time and, and research and and find out who he is and then be a part of the celebration that individuals will be celebrating all across this nation, beginning actually this week up through um, Monday and even into and past Monday. And thank you so much, Reverend Gill, for being here today with us. We're so grateful for your presence and for your good work and for this great event that you're promoting. Uh, we are going to be there. HB and I will be there together. Uh, look forward to uh, seeing you and that particular event on Monday. And for those who are catching up on the podcast in a couple of days, you're going to be listening to this later. Uh, if you're in, at all interested in the research that Reverend Gill suggests, uh, we just spent our first hour talking about the background of Dr. King, a lot of uh, the works. I was quoting some of his works uh, and from uh, some of his speeches as well. So if you'd like to listen to some of those kinds of things, uh, you can get some prompts from that particular session uh, as well. Uh, you are listening to RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. This is Warp and Woof Radio. You hear us every Wednesday morning from 10 till noon, and we're glad to be with you. We're looking forward to seeing you next week. And we anticipate that time. Until then, celebrate MLK Day on Monday, and we'll see you next Wednesday.